Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Talking Dead for this week. It is episode number 42 for the 21st of March, 2011. Is it March? Yeah, it's, yeah, well, March. it's March. I just I can't believe it's the 21st already. It is already the 21st of March. Uh, first full day of spring. It's the first full day of spring. Happy spring to everyone. And it is number 42. Should I make a crack about the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or anything? This episode is the answer. To life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. Okay. That's Now that that's done... <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. Yeah. I can't believe we've been going for 42 years already, eh? 42 episodes. Episodes. Sometimes it feels like years, but... 42 years. Wow. Maybe someday. Yeah, I... I well... The no t- television as- show has ever lasted 40... Well, maybe... Uh, what's that show? The British show? Coronation Street. Yeah. <clears throat> Coronation Street. Doctor Who seems like it's been going... Oh, yeah. Doctor Who's been that, a while since the 60s. barely counts, though. I well, mean, it's been off and on, right? Yes. It's had so many different uh, incarnations, as they say. Literally and figuratively. Well, we all know that the, the Walking Dead, um, there are plans afoot to go as long as they possibly can, so maybe they'll get to 42 years. Wow. That will mean we will have been podcasting for 43 years. That's true. <laughs> and we'll be I like, don't even want to think about we'll it. We'll be like 90 years old, too. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, my God. All right. Well, on the program today, we have lots of big news, Walking Dead news. The Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo was on this weekend. We've got some listener feedback, and we have uh, a shout-out at the end. Okay. How about that? All right. Shall we start with the news? Uh, What the hell? Why not? We usually do. We usually do. So as I said, the C2E2 Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo was this week. There was a small Walking Dead panel there. I say small because it only had two of the principal actors on it right and i fact in fact i don't think anybody else was there it was just laurie holden who plays andrea and john bernthal who plays shane you shouldn't shouldn't leave those two together alone (laughs) why what might happen you shouldn't just shouldn't do it (laughs) (laughs) okay whatever you say (laughs) that's what i think you know shane and and uh and and laurie would be a problem well yeah but i just think andrea and shane I don't know, they seem like a good match. Well, we have more to talk about that later, but right now, I got some point four of notes on what was revealed at the panel. Um, not quite as much, I don't think, as we got from Paley Fest uh, last, last week or the week before. Right. But still some good information. Probably if there was more people there, there would have been a little bit more revealed. But um, one of the big pieces of news is that Lori Holden said that Stephen King may write an episode in season two. Now, Stephen King, who is that? <laughs> I think he's written some books. Is, is he a book writer? He might have written some novels, uh, the odd the odd TV show adaptation, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, okay. So what do you think about that? I the think master, spelled it wrong. The, did I? Yeah, it's P-H, well, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. I apologize for my... <laughs> Nobody would have ever known if I hadn't have pointed it out. I apologize to <laughs> Mr. King for spelling his name incorrectly in our notes. Yeah. Now, you are, I think, a little bit more acquainted with Stephen King's work than I am. I am. I'm, I'm a big fan, actually. I have read some books. I have seen movies. I've, I have watched some of his TV adaptations. So I've, I'm certainly not a uh, neophyte. Is that the word when it comes to Stephen King? A new fight. <laughs> that could be the entirely the wrong word. I'm not smart <laughs> enough to know. 
but I am not entirely unfamiliar with him. Oh, good. However, I think you have more insight into Stephen King and his body of work. Uh, okay. Um, so what's your question? My <laughs> my question is simply, do you think he is a good fit for writing on The Walking I Dead? I think he's a perfect fit for writing on The Walking Dead. I think it's right up his alley, and I think he could do a really good, uh, a really good job of writing an episode. What's your favorite Stephen King work? Stephen King, oh, uh, it's got to be The Dark Tower. There's like the whole n- series, nineteen of those, right? Well, there's a lot of them, seven anyway. And and there's another one coming. I heard recently. Is there? I think so. I think it falls in between two of the books. Oh, so I, I love the Dark Tower series. I thought it was great, especially what, uh, the first one. What is it about the Dark Tower that is so spectacular? Uh, well, first of all, he brought himself into the series. Really? Yeah. Stephen King was a character in the novels. You you can do that. Well, he can. I guess he can. They do go anything. to his house. He can do anything. He the wants. characters go to find him they like okay uh it turns out we're characters in somebody's book that uh and it's blurring the lines between reality and uh and this alternate universe that uh, the dark tower takes place in a number of universes the word for that is meta that is weird yeah so they uh they call them walk-ins where they go into uh, another universe sort of like in fringe Mm -hmm. where they just kind of travel between universes they call them walk-ins anyway they show up and they go uh yeah we gotta talk to this stephen king guy because apparently we're characters in a book that he wrote so the idea is that Stephen King comes up with the idea of uh, writing these characters. As it turns out, they're real, so he has some kind of insight into the multiverse kind of thing. Is this kind of a um, um, that movie with with oh, crap that movie with that guy where he's a character in a novel? Will Ferrell. Oh yeah, sort of like that. Sort of like that. Anyway, uh, so any time an author can write himself into the book is good. Sort of like adaptation. You remember that? Yes, I do know that. Too. Now, is Stephen King going to write himself into The Walking Dead? Oh, I sure, surely doubt it. Although he does play bit parts in his uh, in his movies. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe he'll do a... Well, he used to. I don't think he does them all the time. He'll probably do a zombie cameo. I mean, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. I don't know. Um, but Frank Darabont is no stranger to Stephen King, of course. Right. He's done The Shawshank Redemption, and he's done The Green Mile. Yep. So it doesn't really surprise me all that much that Mr. King might be coming on board for an episode of season two. Would it be perfect if a Stephen King wrote the uh, an episode that they were in the prison? <laughs> yeah. Because that'd be perfect. It would be perfect. Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, Walking Dead. A little weird. Frank Darabont, Stephen King kind of. A little familiar, don't you think? A little familiar. You know, here we are in a prison, potentially. Obviously, we haven't gotten to the prison in the show yet. And we have Stephen King... Writing an episode there, which is something he's done, and we have Darabont potentially directing, which is, you know, he's done. That that would just be a little bit too, I don't know, cosmically aligned or something. I think it'd be great. A little weird. Anyways, I think Stephen King would do great. I think he'll write a fine episode, and hopefully it pans out. Um, we learned that Frank Darabont will write, but not direct the premiere. Okay. Not sure what that means. But uh, there you go. He's going to be writing it. It's all a matter of focus, right? Apparently, he's currently focused on the writing. Sure. Right? So, you know, rather than splitting his attention between writing and then, uh, you know, directing the pilot, just let somebody else direct the pilot while he finishes writing all the episodes. There may even be people better qualified to do it than him. So why not? Sure. Why not let them? Um, Bernthal said that season two begins shooting on June 1st. Awesome. It's exciting. We had previously reported that it was going to start in May sometime. Right. Um, but June 1st appears to be the day, which isn't that far off from May. It so is not. There you go. Um, and finally, they haven't read any of the scripts yet. So they the ultimately, the actors, yes. 
Uh, they ultimately don't know really what's going to happen, even though there's a little bit more information here about some of the details. So anytime any of the actors open their mouths about what they're, what's going to happen in season two, you know that they're full of it. Probably for the most part. You know, they, they, I'm sure they've had conversations with the people that are writing it and right. writing it and so on. So they may Contracts know. Contracts and such, you know, like you, uh, we're only, you're only contracted for three out of the 13 episodes, uh, you know, figure it, figure it out from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. But yeah, contract negotiations, although uh, we don't really have any insight into what the contracts for these actors are, do we? No. We don't know if they were contracted more than one season, if some of them were, some of them weren't. That would be interesting to find out, actually. Well, that's the nice thing, is, you know, if somebody doesn't want to come back, kill them off. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Here's a question for you and for everyone out there. <clears throat> okay. Um, TV contracts, not something I have a lot of experience with or insight into. Our TV, TV contracts are built in a, I would imagine, some kind of a general way, in so that you are contracted for, let's say, three seasons of a TV show. However, there's probably a kill-off clause so right. that they, you know, the producers can decide to kill your character and or remove you from the show um, without breaking the contract. Uh, it depends on the actor and the show, I suppose. So you like don't think Charlie you can... Sheen, uh, they didn't, probably didn't have a kill-off clause on Two and a Half Men. <laughs> Boy, did they need that. Yeah, they needed it. In hindsight, they probably should have put that in there somewhere, but uh, they didn't have it. You know, and they're not going to kill off a main character. Like, uh, if Kelsey Grammer decided he didn't want to do Frasier anymore, which is what happened, you know, they're not just going to kill him off and move on and continue on with the rest of the show. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that something like that happens, though. I mean, characters come and go all the time. Now, often actors want to leave and they try and continue without them. Not a show that's named Frasier. Okay, not a show that's named Frasier, I guess. You know, Cheers, Diane left, uh-huh. right? And that was a big mistake on her part, but we don't need to get into that. But they, you know, they moved on. When, they, when it's an ensemble cast, sort of like what The Walking Dead is, you can probably drop a character here and there and still sure. have a good, solid show. Sure, but like... You know, number. let's say on The Walking Dead, let's take Dale, for example. He right. is a prime, you know, first-rate, number one main character. Right. <laughs> if I can qualify that anymore. I don't know if you could. Top-notch. <clears throat> and Groovy. Yes, groovy. Um, he, you know, we assume that he's going to survive for a long time. But as we know, lots of differences exist between the TV show and the comic book. So yep. what? let's say they decide to kill off Dale. Right. For whatever reason, if if for no other reason than to surprise the audience a little bit, right? Um, Jeffrey Demun is a well well known ish actor. He's been around for a long time. Do you think that they can come to him one day and said, "So, Jeff, we're gonna kill off Dale in the show. I know you've signed for until season four, but this is what we're deciding to do. Um, you know, too bad, so sad. See you later." I think two things. Uh, one, they probably know the overall story arcs for the characters ahead of time. So when they go to him for a new season, it's like, look, we're thinking of killing off your character in the eighth episode. They're going to tell the actor that. They're not going to have the script or whatever. Just we're going to kill you off, so we're only going to contract you for eight episodes. Second of all, uh, if they decide halfway through that they're going to kill kill off an actor, probably the, uh, the contract is we can kill you off and remove you from the show but we still got to pay you for the whole season, whatever your contract is. We're going to honor the contract. Yeah. You're just not going to be in the show anymore. That's an interesting point. They might have to. There might be some sort of payoff amount that if 
they kill you, which is essentially firing you from the show. Yeah. Just in a straight, weirder, nicer way. Not really, because you're <laughs> being killed. But uh, maybe there's some sort of like buyout that the that the producers have that they can execute. That happened to Suzanne Summers in Three's Company. You, do you know much about the behind the scenes in Three's Company? Uh, I know much about the in front of the scenes in Three's Company. Okay, so Suzanne Summers went back, and uh, I think it was after a couple of seasons, she basically said the show is completely about me. These, it's me and these two other characters. Uh, so I want a hell of a lot of money. And they're like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. So what they did was they, uh, her contract said that she had to make an appearance in every show. like, And they had to pay her for the shows. So what they did, the actors really didn't like her anymore. She wasn't getting along with the producers, wasn't getting along with the other cast. So what they did was they said she went home to visit her mom. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every episode, she was on the phone. And they would have a shot of her talking on the phone. And then the Jack and Chrissy, or Jack and Janet, would also be talking on the phone. But they would not film at the same time. So the, two act- the three actors would never be in the same place at the same time. So they fulfilled their contract by basing her, basically, basically shunting her off to the background mm-hmm. of every episode. And that's when they brought in uh, her, the Chrissy replacement. It was... Uh, yeah, the other girl. Uh, yeah, it was her cousin, right? Basically to fill the spot. Janet's cousin? No, it was uh, Chrissy's? Chrissy's cousin. Okay. She was uh, the... I forget the name of the character and the actor. I do know she was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader at one point. And they brought her in for her looks. <laughs> that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. But I'm not surprised that's why they brought her in. Anyway, so the contracts, you, may, you, you know, her contract in her case said that she had to appear in every episode. So she got a 15 to 30 second spot at the end of every episode. But that's it. So right. they, you know, uh, writers and producers and directors can be very creative in getting rid of people if they need to. I suppose that's true. There's lots of... When you have a, a TV show or a movie, well, I guess more so even in a TV show because it's longer running, you have options of how to utilize characters, right? Yeah. You know, I, I was trying to think of an analogy to like a sports contract, but it's not quite the same. If you want to get rid of someone from your team, I guess there are options, but it of, often requires a buyout of some kind or a trade, which is much... You imagine uh, if there was trading in TV? Well, that that would be weird. <laughs> but what I mean is a trade is much more difficult to pull off because you have to negotiate it with a third party. Right. If you just want to relegate an actor to a phone-only role, you can do that, Right. generally, I guess. But if anyone out there has any insight into TV actor contracts, let us know, because that's something I'd like to learn more about. Huh. Um, so there you go. Holden, uh, Lori Holden, also at the C2E2 panel, when asked about some of the details of Season 2, said, I know we are going to get to Herschel's farm. Excellent. There you go. We kind of already knew that, but it's basically confirmed at this point. They're going to get to the farm. Uh, She also said, I can't wait to get to the prison. Uh, Tyrese and Michonne and the governor, we've got some very badass people we are going to meet, but I don't think we will get to the prison in season two because there's a lot to do, but we haven't read the script, so we don't know. She's just talking about the comic book at this point. She knows what happens in the comic book, and she's excited about some of these things being used in the television show. True. I, I, I think that's true. But, you know, we have our own theories on what's going to happen. Yep. Um, but I, I, as, as we've said, the actors, I think, don't really have any clue at this point. Other than the, other than the farm, that seems to be uh, set in stone at this point. We'll see. Right. Um, Holden also claims to know exactly what Jenner whispered to Rick. She said that two versions were shot, one with aud- audible dialogue, one without. Now, right. I have a problem with this statement. That, you know, dialogue in TV 
and and I guess movies that uh, undergoes a lot of ADR, right? Um, after dialogue replacement, I believe that's what that stands for, where the actors go into a studio and re-record their lines, right? So that the audio is top-notch quality, right? If you're shooting out on location somewhere, I mean, those mics are only doing the boom mics are only doing so much, right? So why would they shoot? Like, why would they shoot it where he sort of says it louder one and whispers it? Uh, they may have shot it so, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you could see uh, his lips moving. One shot where he was actually whispering, you can say, uh, your wife is pregnant, kind of thing. And another shot where the lips are masked and you don't hear. Hmm. So I think it might be a, a visual thing where they had to shoot twice rather than just a purely audio thing. I'm not so sure. I mean, they can shoot. They they can shoot it once, whether he says it out loud or not, and then completely re uh, re edit and recreate the audio. You know, yeah. the, the everything they need can be done for in audio editing. Maybe it's on the special features of uh, the DVD. <laughs> well, I don't know. One day I'll get around to watching them, <laughs> and I'll let you know. It might be on the special features of season two. <clears throat> yes, it could be. We could find out then. Because they're not going to put it on season one and tell us what the hell. I just said. think it's weird that she would even say we shot one with audible dialogue and one without. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Multiple takes, absolutely. They might need to shoot it a few times for whatever reason. But to shoot it with, uh, you know, audible and not dialogue, when they can just when they would probably do all that in post anyways, or maybe they shot it where. Uh, uh, where the actual line is read and the actors could hear it, and then they shot it where the line is not read and it's just a... Right. Right? I don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I think it sounds a bit fishy to me. I don't think it sounds that fishy. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out what was said, and then we'll move on and not care anymore. That's right. Uh, finally, Bernthal had this to say on Shane. He said, I think we are going to see a guy who's really, really lonely when season two starts. Um, and he cautioned that it's the kind of loneliness Shane feels could lead, and it could lead him to do to do some terrible things. Oh, poor Shane! Poor Shane! He's going to have a hard time, uh, you know, living with the events around him. I think. Yep. Should find himself a nice zombie wife. Uh, he should, and I think he may in season two. The more I think about it, Morgan's got one. Yeah, Morgan. <laughs> he sure does. Uh, more. The I was going to say, the more I think about it. I don't think Shane is going to survive season two. I hope not. Really? Yeah, really. I I hope not. I I hope that they stick to the comic book enough where they take uh, somebody who's obviously a principal character and uh, kill him off. I think that would be great. Well, I mean, it's we all know why we're expecting him to be killed off, right? But again, it's... You know, they, they decided to extend his character arc a little bit to mix it up for the audience. Right. Why wouldn't they just keep that going as long as they can? Because as we've talked about, you know, there are certain things uh, that could may or may not happen in the show. Or even even if it's if it happens in a completely different way than the comic book, we're probably going to see it coming from a certain, you know, for, for a certain amount of time. Right. And, I mean, I guess there's no way around that that I can think of. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think they're going to kill him off. I just wouldn't be surprised if they drag it, drug it on for a long time. Drigged it. Drigged it on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, I could see Shane sticking around for a while. I think, the, I think it could definitely play that kind of thing out. Uh, but, you know, I do want him to you know, follow his arc 
as uh, the same as uh, as in the comic book. And if that happens in season two, I'd be okay with that. Sure. I mean, I guess you know, I guess if they drag it on too long, it becomes it becomes something that's hanging over the show a little bit, right? He's he's always there when maybe he shouldn't be, but they really have to find a way. If they're going to keep him around, they really have to find a way that it makes sense. Right. Right. And I guess there's ways to do that. We will see. These are smart people, and they know what they're doing. That they do. The next item in the news this week. Let's play some word association, Jason. All right, let's do it. When I say Edgar Wright, what do you think of? Um, Sean Penn, for some reason. That's not correct. <laughs> well, the, the word association, there's no correct answer. No, in this case, there is. <laughs> Edgar Wright is, of course, the director of... Oh, Robin Wright Penn. That's why I'm thinking of uh, Sean Penn. Yeah, you, you, there you go. It wasn't an incorrect answer. <laughs> well, no, it was, there was a bit of a jump there, and I didn't understand it at first, but uh, I don't know why Sean Penn jumped into my head. Well, uh, Edgar Wright, the director of such films as Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and Scott Pilgrim. Oh, there you go. What else? Oh, Shaun of the Dead, Sean Penn, Robin Wright Penn. It all comes as a rich, rich tapestry. <laughs> it's, it does sort of work now that you uh, now that you point that out. <laughs> and of course, the old British TV show Spaced, which I don't know if you've seen. I have. Okay, good. You've seen all those other movies. Oh yeah, good. He has been asked to direct uh, an episode of uh, Walking Dead in season two. Excellent. Edgar Wright is awesome. I think I there. Are, I don't think I dislike any of his movies. I certainly like all the ones I just listed. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I think, all the main ones. Uh, there wonder, could be others. I wonder if Simon Pegg is going to be in the episode. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> I'd go for that. Yeah. You know, why not? Even if he was, like, he was, Simon Pegg's good in everything. Don't you think? Ah, uh, Run, Fat Boy, Run was kind of iffy. Run, Fat Boy, Run wasn't as bad as, as I thought it would be. I didn't mind it. I don't know. And, and considering it was directed by David Schwimmer, I thought it was actually kind of successful. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, Ross he, Geller directed. Yeah, that. it dropped down a couple of notches in my head. No, there. I think that makes the movie better because that he, you know, he's sort of risen above my opinion of him and directed an okay movie. Yeah, I don't think so. The movie here. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is the movie turned out better than like it would have been based on his or my opinion of his directing ability. All right, if Dave, if I had known that David <laughs> Schwimmer had directed that before going in, I wouldn't have watched it. And and that's my point. Now you watched it, and and it was better than you thought. No, like you wouldn't have even have given it a chance if you'd known. He I dropped. didn't like it. Oh well, fine. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Um, anyhow, so Collider, a uh, popular uh, website, interviewed Wright at uh, along with Nick Frost at South by Southwest, and he said Frank asked me to do a Walking Dead, but I think with something like that, with some TV shows, you want to be in on the ground floor. I guess meaning that he doesn't want to just fly in, do an episode, and then get out of there. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of the seagull management approach to things. Right. You fly in, shit all over everything, and then get out of there. Yeah. You, do what the script says. Yeah. Do it better. Exactly. One more time. All right, good. <laughs> That's <laughs> he, some classy directing right there. Exactly. And he doesn't want to be that <clears throat> kind of guy. He also said, I really enjoyed the first season, and I wouldn't want to be the guy that comes in and Fs it up. Right. So that's that's basically summing it up right there. Nick Frost added, you know, you probably would, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he would. <laughs> He'd add that for sure. Yeah, exactly. So does that mean he's not going to do it? I, I think it's still up in the air. Similar to the Stephen King writing an episode, Edgar Wright directing one is not set in stone yet. Well, that'd be cool, though. It sounds like it would be very cool, but it sounds like he's leaning towards maybe not. Um, 
Now, what do you think? What if they let him write it as well as directed it? Because he, he's a writer for all his films, and I'm sorry, but I think the writing in all his movies is pretty damn good. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, uh, I'm not sure the writing style that uh, I, of the movies that are listed there, anyway, it, uh, would fit with The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's it's a little more comic. It's a little more comic, It's a little more hammy. All of his movies have a really, um, I don't know if serious is the right word, but they've definitely got an emotional aspect to them in addition to the comedy. Yes. Especially Shaun of the Dead. But you'd have to, once you remove that comedy, is it there? You know, is it is the is the quality still there? As a counterpoint to the, to the comedy, yes, absolutely. But you take away the comedy, I'm not sure that, uh, I'd like to see some, some of his dramatic works before I could make an informed opinion about whether or not he could write and direct. You're right. He, he's able to find a really good balance between the sort of comedy and the drama or the comedy and the emotional stuff. Yeah, because The Walking Dead does not work as a comedy. No, it doesn't really work as a comedy. So you're right. If you take that away, it might end up being crappy. But then again, it also might be really good. I, I would give it a chance. You know, being, being one of my favorite directors, I would give Edgar Wright a chance. Yeah. He's working on Ant-Man now, apparently. <laughs> Why not, really? I don't know anything about Ant-Man, to be honest. That's a guy that can shrink down to the size of an ant, I believe. Well, that's what I would assume, but I don't know. Or it's, you know, a guy with six arms and legs and... <laughs> an antenna. An antennae. Antennae. And a thorax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? And that guy has a thorax. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, so there you go. Edgar Wright. Doesn't sound like he's going to do it, but I would be excited if he was. And I'd be worried. And you'd be worried. There you go. Entertainment Weekly. Um, while the cast and crew was at Paley Fest, by the way, um, I would just like to point out that uh, listener Jason on our Facebook page uh, commented there, posted a comment to say it's pronounced Paley Fest. Excellent. So all the Pally and Palais and all that stuff that we fired Pele. out there, uh, all incorrect. And I wanted to thank Jason for setting us straight. I, I think we probably pronounced it as I said. Every which way, except the right way. Paley. Paley Fest. While they were there, Entertainment Weekly did a quick question and answer session with Robert Kirkman. Um, he had this to say first on Andrea. I think of her as the strongest character in the cast, even more so than Rick. She, well, has, yeah. a, she has a unique skill that develops that would allow her to possibly survive completely on her own. Tough as nails, that woman. Tough as nails. More exciting, or at least more entertaining, part of the interview is that Entertainment Weekly asked Kirkman to give them odds of certain things happening in season two. Um, they said, can you ballpark the chances that in the next season we will see Tyrese? Kirkman said, I'd give Tyrese a 69. No, 68% chance of showing up. Oddly specific. Very specific. Uh, the Governor, 0% chance. Third season, 92%. Oh, so, Mr. Governor, you know, it looks like it is coming season three. Excellent. Again, this could mean nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michonne. Kirkman said, we are looking 50-50 right now at Michonne. We are in the writer's room right now and trying to sketch out a season two plan. Anyone who knows how that process works knows that stuff changes day by day. We are in the massive brainstorming phase. We are talking it all out. So, there's a lot of people going, oh, oh what about this? Yeah, but you know what? That's probably the most serious answer he gave to those questions. Yep. So I really do think that they're struggling right now with whether or not to introduce her 
to the show in season two. And from that answer, we can take a look back at the previous two answers and say that Tyrese is going to show up and the governor will not. I would say so, yeah. So if they're really considering it, if they're at 68% chance of Tyrese right now, that's pretty good odds. Yeah. So if that was a joke, obviously he's going to show up. And if they're making it to Herschel's farm, then yeah. Yeah, if if we follow the, the chronology of the comic, he's going to show up. We've got a call about that later in the show, which we'll play. Excellent. Finally, Entertainment Weekly asked, what about Morgan and his son? And Kirkman said, as much as everyone would like it to be 100%, because everyone loves Lenny James. Well, who doesn't? And we're just dry, dying to get him back in the show as soon as possible. I think those odds are probably 65-35. He's such a great actor. We want them both back as soon as possible. So Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not, exactly. Of all those, I would be most interested in seeing Morgan and Dwayne and probably... Um, Tyrese. I want Michonne. I, d- I do want her too, but uh, I can wait. You know, I can I can wait for the goods. All right. The good stuff. <clears throat> Tyrese is a good character too. He is man. a very Come good on. character. He's exciting. Yeah. Some of the stuff that uh, that goes down early on in his, after his introduction is pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay, moving right along. No romance between Andrea and Dale. Actually, uh-huh. I should phrase that. No romance between Andrea and Dale? Yeah, there is a question mark there. <laughs> it's more of a question. I think this also came from the Chicago uh, Entertainment Expo, but it was reported on digitalspy.com, and it was attributed just to IGN. I'm not 100% sure if it was at the Expo or not. Lori Holden told IGN, I think that Andrea is going to punish Dale for a little while. I think that she's really very resentful that he manipulated her like that because I think that she really wanted to check out and be with her sister. She's, of course, referring to the events in the Center for Disease Control right at the end of the first season. I don't know. I think there's going to be a bit of tension between Andrea and Dale, she said. I don't think it's going to go into lovey-dovey mode for a while. Right. That, what do you think about that? That seems to counter kind of what they were hinting at in the first season. It does. But they also want to you know, keep that tension there because we know that all TV shows that have a love interest kind of story, as soon as you have the love interest actually manifest, the show goes to takes a great big dump. It, it usually is the case, um, unless they find a super ultra creative way to do it, like on Fringe. <laughs> right. Which I've been watching season three lately. Much, much enjoyed. Much. Um, the other show that comes to mind right now that I watch is Castle. Right. There's more romantic tension there than in any show I have ever watched. They can't resolve that. Like, they can't actually have the romance manifest itself, because then it's the whole moonlighting thing all over again. We can't have moonlighting. No, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work at all (laughs) on Castle. Right. Um, So Even in Fringe, it's the the whole kind of thing. It's, you know, the relationship manifests, but no, we can't have that, so, you know, we introduce a level of tension again and you cannot just have oh we're now we're happily uh together and everything's good yeah they do it on tv they got to draw these things out a little bit the walking dead is in a slightly different place because of the size of the cast i think they can have characters get together without jumping the shark right or they can ruining the dynamic i mean dale and andrea coming together it makes sense in a lot of ways and it's just two characters out of 10 or 15, That's or however true. many we have at the time. Yeah, it's not the prime character, and that uh, romantic tension is not uh, the catalyst for uh, plot. Exactly. Right. Where on a show like Castle, well, yeah. it practically is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they investigate a new crime every week, but 
you know, that's almost secondary, <laughs> the, the way they play them off. Well, that's like Moonlighting. I never saw that. Oh, man, it was a great show. Civil Shepherd and uh, what's his eyebrows? Bald Guy. Very, very famous. Bruce Willis. Oh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Was he? That's a long time ago. Was he is, Was he on that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like three or four seasons. It was these two uh, had a uh, detective agency, and they were solving crimes. And, uh, oh, there was some... Uh, that was a great show. Okay. Booger was in it. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds Booger? Yeah. Well, there you go. If anything he's in, I'll watch. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly Revenge of the Nerds. I believe it was Booger. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so there you go. We'll see if Andrea and Dale get together, but it might not happen right away. Um, so we've got a bunch of quick, uh, quick, quicker news items to finish off the news segment here. The lightning round. The lightning round. The AMC Walking Dead blog has posted a bunch of behind-the-scenes photos. Now, if you were listening earlier, you may have heard us mention that we haven't watched the special features on the DVD yet, which, um... You know, shameful, ma- really. Yeah, is is really shameful. But we're going to do that, and then have a probably an episode about what we see there. So I'm not 100 percent sure if these photos that were released are on the DVD, right? But regardless, um, they're pretty awesome. If you want to head over to the Walking Dead blog, there's some really really neat behind the scenes stuff there. The first one is of uh, Bicycle Girl, yeah, on the ground reaching towards the camera, and you can see the, the blue sort of pants she has on. For, blue pants. For blue screening those legs out. Um, but there's all kinds of really great stuff, just of them setting up shots, and there's one of Rick on the horse with the camera and see where they're looking. There's uh, You can see camera guys like amongst zombies as Rick is on the ground outside by the tank and all that kind of stuff. It's, nice. it's really... It's really quite a fascinating group of pictures. There's a really great one where uh, Rick is running from the tank, I think, towards Glenn, and there's a there's a cameraman running behind him with a with an SLR in his hand, just like shaky cam <laughs> camera right behind. It's nice. pretty cool. Um, so if you're into that, uh, go check it out. Oh, and of course, there's a guy shooting uh, from the back of a motorcycle. It's like a motorcycle Steadicam. It's Always good. It's pretty cool. Um, so lots of good stuff. If you're into behind the scenes pictures, head over to the walking dead blog to check those out or potentially watch them on your DVD or Blu-ray. I'm not hundred percent sure. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, film school rejects. Is that ever a website you've ever been to? Nope. It is a film news blog type site and they have developed a walking dead drinking game. For those of you that enjoy to, uh, have a beverage now and then you can now watch your, Walking Dead DVDs and drink along with the action. Well, they don't say, you know, they don't specify what you should drink. No, that's true. Have a glass of milk. You can drink whatever you want. Take a drink when a zombie is killed. There you go. A zombie kills someone. A minute of screen time passes without a zombie. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> someone makes it's a... It's not really a drinking game. It's a, just a matter of, uh, you know, have, drink, have a, a whole beer every uh, 14 seconds. Well, that's that's a game or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> take a drink when you see a gunfire, a dead body. Okay, so uh, say they fire a gun at, at a zombie and it gets killed because it gets a headshot. Is that two drinks? Yeah, a gunfire and a zombie is killed. All right, there you go. Um, uh, take a drink when someone says "geek," <laughs> right? <laughs> a racial slur, a person's name. I mean, that seems reaching a little for that one. I think. Um, Chug your chug your drink when all hell breaks loose. Loose. Loosed. Yes. Okay, I think this is excessive. 
Well, it's it uh, it's not much of a game because you're drinking all the you're time. You're drinking all the time. You drink whether there's a zombie on screen or whether a zombie's not on the screen. Drink when somebody doesn't say someone's name. I might as well put that on there. Yeah, you you might as well. I <laughs> just drink. Just, How about that? Just Watch the drink. DVD. Drink a beer. <laughs> yeah, or ten. But hey, if you're into that sort of thing, head over to Film School Rejects. Uh, you can find it there. I'll have a link in the show notes. MTV. Remember how they're making a video game of The Walking Dead? I do. MTV spoke with Kirkman about the video game and asked when players would operate as the series, whether players would operate as the series' main character, Rick Grimes, a mix of all the survivors or entirely new characters. Kirkman said he could neither confirm nor deny whose perspective you'll play in the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go figure. Um, he went on to say, you'll be playing as characters from The Walking Dead for sure and different levels you play as different people. So we'll see. There you go. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. We speculated that we might not have any of the characters that we know, and it might be a completely different set of people in the same universe. Right. But that's not the case. Okay, so the fact that there are levels, and they are going to be playing characters, is this going to be a platformer? Mm Mm-mm. It's, um, well, okay, I don't know that for sure. Yes, it's episodic. From what we know, I just, it sounds like a platform kind of game. No, I don't think so. Rick has to jump the pit of snakes. Mm, that would be weird. <laughs> Don't fall in the pit of snakes. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was that? What was that game? That that game called in television days, where you had an Indiana Jones type character who was swinging across vines and over pits and pitfall. Ah, pitfall. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it's going to be pitfall. They should make a TV show called Pitfall. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, I'm I'm not surprised. I'm I'm sure somebody's thought of or that. Or Dig Dug. Yeah, Dig Dug the sh- the movie. Cubert. I, I bet you all of these things have been considered. No doubt. With the lack of original ideas in Hollywood these days. Um, so there you go. You'll play as characters from The Walking Dead, and different uh, episodes might involve different characters. All right. Fun. Finally, uh, there's two more things. Will the Vatos return soon? The IMDb lists Neil Brown Jr., who plays Guillermo, uh, in Season 2, Episode 1. My notes for this are meaningless. Probably. Well, it's the incorrect movie database, right? Yeah. So they, they filled out the actors for the first season of uh, first episode of season two. They've included all the mains plus him. Right. I don't know why, but he's there. So if there is any chance, uh, I mean, I suppose there's some chance of him or some of the Vatos being in the first episode. Wouldn't entirely surprise me. I mean, these characters are leaving the CDC, they have nowhere to go, why wouldn't Rick go, hey, wait a minute, maybe like we should go back there and see if we can, you know, sleep the night with those guys. That's true. You know, it makes sense. They're the really some of the only other living people that they've encountered. Yep, it's not a bad idea, actually. So I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, here's the final news, news item for the day, and this is something that's been hanging around for a while, but I have dis- chosen, I made a conscious decision not to address until right now. Okay. <laughs> And you're going to explain why you consciously decided to address this now? Um, no, not really. <laughs> no, not not really. Uh, but it seems to have resurfaced in the news recently, and that is the Charlie Sheen issue. Yeah. Uh, back it is in December, an issue. Yes. Back in December, there was a rumor that Sheen would do a cameo as a zombie on the show. Right. And at the time, AMC and producer Gail Ann heard shot that down. They said, no, not going to happen, not even in the works. Right. And I thought, this is just a rumor that somebody started because Charlie Sheen is losing his mind 
And someone thought it would be funny to say, hey, he'll be a zombie on The Walking Dead because that was the cool thing to do. Because he's a zombie in real life. Yeah. And they said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Now, on March the 6th, which was just a few weeks ago, The Hollywood Reporter, a very reputable news source for all things Hollywood, published a story that quotes Kirkman as follows. Charlie, call us. We will totally make that happen, he says, speaking from the uh, Paley Center uh, Walking Dead event. We'll do whatever you want. We'll recast you as Rick, says Kirkman. <laughs> yeah. uh, Andrew Lincoln will find something else to do. Now, the, the um, Hollywood Reporter article does acknowledge that he was saying these things sarcastically in cheek, very sarcastically. <laughs> but the fact is they reported on it, and the rest of the internet reported on this in a much more serious fashion. They well, didn't seem to... They either quoted him out of context, or they didn't attribute the fact that he was just being silly. So there's a whole bunch of people out there that probably genuine, genuinely believe that Charlie Sheen is going to be on The Walking Dead, and I didn't want to foster that at all by talking about it okay that's that's what i'm saying um well yeah and the internet is a cohesive collection of conscientious people that uh only write the truth and by that you mean it's a bunch of morons that yeah don't know what they're doing us included uh, most yeah, of the, yeah absolutely most maybe of the time. even us specifically <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> Um, Kirkman said maybe he could direct an episode. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, you know, so the other day at C2E2, Holden... <laughs> you, you couldn't, you, you can't actually put Charlie Sheen in anything. He's not responsible enough to feed himself, I bet. <laughs> he's got some, he's well, got his posse around him making sure that he actually eats something, I'm sure. Well, he, he I think he can eat a lot of cocaine himself. Yes, I'm sure he's uh, quite capable of doing that. And hanging around with porn stars. Also within his skill set. <laughs> <laughs> Acting on a show right now, not so much. Not so much. Incapable. And not only that, not even able to play a zombie, I don't think. Well, you'd have to have the man sit still for a number of hours to put makeup on him. And that's just not going to happen. And then get him to follow direction. He, he'd need he'd need a you know cocaine nose stuffer while he was sitting still probably oh, he he would need a lot of medication <laughs> and even then you don't work with kids or dogs or Charlie Sheen he's bringing you heard that here first <laughs> kids dogs or Charlie Sheen yeah. he's bringing his um, crazy nut bar stage show to Toronto it's never gonna make it you don't think so no you think he's just gonna crap out and it's to gonna crap out it's gonna cancel the whole thing he's never gonna make it to Toronto. That, There's no way he can have that level of commitment and follow through. The thing I heard today, it's sold out in 45 minutes. No probably, doubt. Probably 100 bucks a ticket. Yeah. Does this signify the downfall of humanity? That no, people are willing humanity to... has been downfalling much more significantly than this for quite some time. Well, I, I agree that it's been downfalling for a long time, but I'm not so sure more significantly. This, this guy sold out a national tour to go on stage and just be an ass. Yeah, and and be an ass in real life. You know what I think? I think this is a publicity stunt. The whole thing? The whole thing. I think he was probably going down a bad path. He was probably doing too many drugs, probably hanging out with porn stars. Somebody came along and said, Charlie, smarten the hell up, but we're going to use this. All right, so look at, let's learn from Joaquin Phoenix. You know, okay. he tried it. It didn't work, but I think you can do a better job. 
Yeah, but Joaquin Phoenix, the whole time, it was an act. I know. That's what you're saying that this is. Well, it was, but what do you mean it didn't work? I think it did work. I don't think it worked. That movie apparently was decent. I never saw the movie. I'm I lost interest. Yeah, well, I haven't <laughs> seen it either, but I heard See? it was okay. This was supposed to be this great big thing, this whole big movement. It kind of just fizzled. It didn't work. Yeah, okay, but now- it was there was a plan, no doubt, but I don't think it worked. You may be right. It didn't work. Charlie Sheen has sold out a national tour of stage shows. That seems to be working. If he can pull it together. No, I don't think he can't. <laughs> and and if this is all an act, there's nothing to pull together. He's just okay. going to do it. If it's an all, all an act, then, you know, if he can finish the tour, then we know it's all an act. And especially if he comes back and they, you know, bring him back onto Two and a Half Men and he they just continue. I mean, it will obviously be fake then. So you think he's a, uh, he's a genius rather than a... Uh... <laughs> oh, that's a tough stretch. <laughs> Genius is not the right word, but... So you think, it, you think that he's uh, he's got a plan, and uh, it's it's sort of... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Man in the Moon, the guy who played Ludka. Yeah, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. See, he tried the same thing. He tried to be a wrestler. He wanted to wrestle women. It was supposed to be a comic routine, but everybody just ended up hating the son of a bitch. Well, it's a dumb idea. Yes. <laughs> and this, I don't know. It's At least he's only harming himself. Yeah. To bring this back to The Walking Dead, <laughs> if he came on the show, he'd be harming not only himself, but the show. Yes. So, Charlie, please don't go on The Walking Dead. And everybody, stop talking about it. Yeah, it's he's, not going to happen. He's not worth your time, and he's not worth our discussion. So, there you go. I hope there's no Charlie Sheen huge fans out there that I've just yeah. upset. I've never seen an episode of Two and a Half Men. I've seen bits and pieces. I happened to turn it on one day, or was flipping around back when I still had TV, and uh, Megan Fox was on it. So I watched a few minutes of her, and then I moved on. Who's Megan Fox? Transformers. Oh, yeah, right. You know, She's Megan overrated. Fox. As an actress, sure. No, as everything. I don't find her attractive as, in any way. As a human being. <laughs> no, as in some, everybody finds her like the sexiest thing alive, and I just don't see it. You've always had different taste. I do. Um, I'm an odd duck. I don't know about sexiest thing alive, but I wouldn't kick her out of bed. So, your wife might. Oh, probably. You never know, <laughs> you, though. You get out. <laughs> you never know. Um, so there we go. That's the news for this week, and I don't think we're going to talk about Charlie Sheen anymore unless he ends up on the show, and then we'll be talking about how this is the last episode of The Talking Dead. No, we won't do that. I but know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll definitely dedicate a show to it. Yeah. If Charlie Sheen's on The Walking Dead, we'll, we'll pull <laughs> we- out all the stops and go see his show and... Talk about and watch an episode of Two and a Half Men. We won't. We won't cancel the podcast. We'll do the opposite. <laughs> we'll dedicate the entire podcast to Charlie Sheen. I wonder if it's a Charlie Sheen podcast. I know Charlie Sheen tried to podcast. Well, he did that video thing that I didn't even know about until the next day. And yeah, apparently I didn't he wasn't care happy anyway. about that. Who wasn't? What Charlie now? wasn't happy with that. That I didn't know about it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Whatever. We could do a Charlie Sheen podcast. Why not? Uh, we'd have to do a lot of drugs, though, and that's just not my thing. No, no, we just talk about him doing a lot of drugs. Oh, I see. We're going to do his whole family. We'll talk about Emilio Estevez. The Sheen cast. Yeah. The, the Charlie cast. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. we should. What we should do is just branch out and do a Celebrities on Coke podcast. It's not a bad idea, too. <laughs> celebrities on Coke cast. We could start off by talking about Richard Pryor. Yes, Coke we killed could. the man. Yeah, well, it's killed a lot of people. Yeah. All right. Next podcast. Celebrities doing drugs. <laughs> Celebrities on drugs. Let's take a quick break. 
Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be right back, and we have some listener feedback, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have a call this week, and it is a call to clarify something that we talked about last week. This is Mike from Arizona. Um, here we go. Hey, this is Mike from Arizona. I uh, just wanted to let you guys know, Tyrese shows up before Wilshire State, and he has his daughter and her boyfriend with him, and then they kill each other, and Tyrese goes to Herschel's farm with them. So he's definitely there beforehand. And also, I'm pretty sure Michelle's going to show up in the second season, maybe with Tyrese, hopefully. All right, bye. Thank you, Mike from Arizona. So we asked people to clarify when exactly Tyrese shows up and the details surrounding it, and so Mike did that. Excellent. I had forgotten about his daughter and boyfriend showing up and then killing themselves. I I knew there was uh, additional characters around uh, Tyrese, but I had forgotten exactly who they are, who they were, and what happened to them. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Predict away. The crew that we currently know on the TV show... The cast, even. The cast are going to first go back to the Vatos. Right. They're going to spend a night or two with them. For whatever reason, they're going to have to leave. Uh, Maybe lack of resources, maybe not enough room, anything like that. Uh, Then they're going to move on. They're going to end up at Herschel's farm, and they're going to meet Tyrese... Uh, and potentially his daughter and boyfriend already at the farm. Hmm. I don't think he, they're going to meet him along the way. I don't think we're going to get any Wilshire estates. They're going to go right to the farm, and Tyrese will already be there. And then the farm will be the bulk of the season. I'm going to predict something. And? I, I predict that you are incorrect. <laughs> I think the Vatos is good, but I think they're going to meet him on the road. They're going to meet Tyrese and uh, his daughter and her boyfriend on the road. And they're going to be, there's going to be some sort of standoff when they don't know if they can trust each other? Yeah, there's going to be kind of a, you know, your typical, who the hell are you? What do you mean, who the hell am I? Who the hell are you? Right. You know? And then uh, then they'll get to know each other, and they'll go, okay, well, let's walk over to wherever. And Hey, there's a farm. Let's hey, go check that out. let's go check out the farm. And I think Wilshire Estates may come into play. I think that would be a really neat uh, episode. I do too. I like the idea of the Wilshire Estates, but I have a feeling they're going to skip it and move right into the farm so they can draw out the farm plot lines a little bit more. Right. And that's where they'll uh, encounter the uh, the USS Enterprise? Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> the, the aircraft carrier, not the spaceship. <laughs> yes. Uh, why are they encountering an aircraft carrier? Because I think that's the, good, that's the right thing to do. If you're going to try and get away from zombies, be on an aircraft carrier. 
I guarantee you that aircraft carriers uh, during the zombie apocalypse are just going to kind of go out to sea, and uh, they'll be like havens of military might. Floating cities. Floating cities. You can land a plane on them, too. That's the whole point of them, really. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Uh, We have an email. Carl from Birmingham, UK, or Birmingham? Birmingham. He says, hi, guys. Just wanted to throw this one casting suggestion out there. James Cromwell to play Herschel. Discuss. (laughs) Discuss. <laughs> he says he would at, be absolutely perfect, in my opinion. Whilst on the subject, have you got any dream casting you'd like to share? Before we talk about James Cromwell, right? Uh, I'd just like to say that uh, Carl will probably do a new character uh, fantasy cast when we get a little bit closer to season two. Right. Uh, we did one for season one before many of the cast members were known. And uh, podcast regular friend of the show, Dave called um michael rooker to be uh, on the show i think he called him to play dale it was just fun to see him show up in any role it was so we'll definitely do a dream casting closer to season two right now i don't have a ton of thoughts on who might play some of these characters but let's talk about james cromwell jason do you know who this man is i do I, know james cromwell i like james cromwell i'm kind of springing this on you um but of course you will know him from 24 for example, he yep. played uh, <clears throat> Philip Bauer. Is that Jack's father? Jack's father, Okay. Yeah. Uh, you'll know him from Six Feet Under. Yep. Another show that I know you have Great seen. character in Six Feet Under. You'll know him from lots of movies. and Star the role... Trek movie, even. Really? Yeah, Star Trek First Contact. There you go. The role I know him most from right now, currently, is the farmer in Babe. <laughs> it's because yes. my, my kids watch that yep. a lot. So uh, I've seen him there quite a bit but he's been around forever he's been on lots solid solid actor of shows definitely a solid actor and i just found out that his birthday is the day after mine nice um so what do you think briefly your your thoughts on james cromwell as herschel i think it'd be great i think it's perfect i think he's uh he's got the right look for him i think he's uh is a solid actor and he could do a good job uh, he played the uh he played, uh, what's his name, the Queen's Consort in The Queen? Yes, he played... What's his eyebrows? The, the King. No, he's not the King. He's the uh, <laughs> Prince of Wales. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. He was in iRobot, too. He was the doctor that, that yeah. got thrown out the window, I think right? he can play a good guy. He can play a bad guy. Uh, I think he can do comedy. He can do drama. I think he's got a, a great range. He played the president in... Uh, West Wing. Uh, didn't play the president in the West Wing. Oh, well, he was on the West Wing. He played President D. Wire Newman. Who the hell is that? I didn't watch The West Wing. Uh, I don't recall that. He was on one episode. President Newman? Well, that's what the characters listed at, but whatever. I'm just trying to remember. You can go back and check that. I will. I have all The West Wing. I should just go ahead and watch them all. There's only (laughs) seven seasons and 24 episodes per season. Prince Philip on The In the Queen. Yeah. Uh, He played Captain Stacy in Spider-Man 3. Gwen Stacy's dad, I guess. There you go. So he gets around. George H.W. Bush, Senior Bush in W. Yes, there you go. Never watched that. Yeah. I liked that movie. I thought it was pretty good. Um, so and, and lots and lots of other things. He's been acting for many years. His credits on the IMDb go back to 1955. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was, uh, I, that was when he was a, a teenager. His next credit is 1974, The Rockford Files. Oh, so that was on the other day. Jenny and I watched a few minutes of it. He did an episode of MASH. I have the Rockford Files as a, as a ringtone 
for my phone. And he did an episode of Three's Company, speaking of Three's Company. He was in Three's Company? In the episode Chrissy's Night Out, he played Detective Lanigan. <laughs> so you know some hijinks were there. Oh, <laughs> happened there. Great. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. I think. I think he, I agree with you. He is a perfect, perfect actor to play Herschel. Get a sort of long wig on the guy, and maybe have him grow a beard or something. He'd be just crazy enough, and I think he'd fit in really well. I think he'd be great. Um, Carl. Oh, he's in the Green Mile. Oh, and go, the warden. Go figure. So you know what, uh, Carl, you may know something we don't, because I'd say this casting is practically guaranteed. If he I was think he's Green going Mile. on my dream casting list for uh, for Herschel, I think so. Uh, when we do an actual dream cast, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find anyone else that I think would be better. But James Cromwell is the man. L.A. Confidential. Did you ever see that movie? I did. I don't remember it, but I heard it. L.A. Law. Movie. How could you go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So there we go. That is awesome. We will do uh, we'll do ours closer to season two sometime over the summer. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We'll get Dave on too because he's good at this sort of stuff. Magnum PI, Mister Belvedere. See, there was nothing he wasn't in. Um, it's quite the resume. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to add The Walking Dead to it. We will see. David on our Facebook page wrote, "Bought the Walking Dead DVD box set. Awesome purchase." I asked him if he had seen it when it broadcast on TV or if the DVD was his first exposure, and he said, I only saw up to episode five when it was on TV. Then, due to financial reasons, I had to shut off my cable. David, I'm sorry to hear that. So so I watched all the episodes again in one sitting, and then I finally watched TS-19. What an awesome finish to a great season. That's unfortunate that you had to shut it off before the final (laughs) episode. It is kind of sad, but I'm glad he caught up, and I'm uh, glad he picked up the DVDs and and got caught up. So, David, thanks for posting on the Facebook page. Um, If anybody else wants to do that, head over to facebook.com slash thetalkingdead and share your thoughts. Finally, before we wrap things up here today for the day, once in a while I like to just give a shout-out to some new Twitter followers because I appreciate those folks and it's nice to have them and know that they're paying attention and listening. So this week I'd like to just shout-out to new followers I... I marry you. <laughs> I M A R I U. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, Nibbles Chew. Uh, again, no, thank you. Shogo underscore sixty seven. Close, but no, thank you. Uh, Rick T W D. Rick from the Walking Rick Dead. Rick the Walking Dead is following us. Awesome. A- and Vanexy underscore L P. Those oh. are all Twitter names of new followers we've got. Thank you. Long for- play. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for following us, not just to you five, but to everyone out there on Twitter. Um, and thanks for listening and paying attention. Twitter's five years old now. Today, right? Uh, I don't know if it's today, but generally five this, years old. This week? Yeah. Happy birthday, Twitter. I've only been using you for about two years. Yeah. I haven't tweeted in uh, quite some time. About two years. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> you should tweet about this show every week. I'll At least tweet. do that. But I tweet right now. Uh, go right ahead. Twitter. That's going to wrap up our program for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As I have said, if you would like to contact us, you can do so at TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkingDead. Maybe you'll get your Twitter name read out on the show. It's very exciting. Or as I said a minute ago, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead. Jason, what's the phone number they can call if they would like to leave a voice message? Oh, good Lord, man. Uh... (laughs) Oh, it's the zombie line, one eight 
something, something. It is the Zombline or the Zombie I was going to say like 206, 209, 1538. Don't dial that, that don't number. Don't use that number. You might get something. You might not. I don't know what it is. If you want to call us, please dial 1-866-483-ZOMB. That is an Zombie. entirely free, toll-free call. So it doesn't cost you a penny, and I guarantee neither of us will answer the phone. Yeah, that's a guarantee. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Uh, I also guarantee, or nearly guarantee, that we'll play your comments on the air because we love to get the comments. So unless they're profanity-laced tirades, and even those There's we nothing might wrong play. with that. No, you never know. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back in a week or two with episode number 43, which is not the answer to life, the universe, and everything. No. Until then, have a great week. Bye. Bye.